Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Wednesday, May 25th. We've just completed the observance and celebration of Passover and the seven days of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. But did you know that Passover is not really over until we get to Shavuot? There is the counting of the Omer, a 50-day count that takes you up to the next biblical feast, which is Shavuot or Pentecost. The Omer is counted each evening after sundown. This year, Shavuot begins at sunset on Saturday, June 4th, and ends at sunset on Monday, June 6th. We are to stand when counting the Omer, and we begin by reciting the following blessing. Baruch Atah Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Asher Kitshanu Mitzvotav Zivanu Al-Sefirat HaOmer Blessed are you, Adonai our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with your commandments and commanded us to count the Omer. After the blessing, we recite the appropriate day of the count. For example, Hayom Yom Echad LaOmer. Today is the 39th day of the counting of the Omer. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Bekukotoi, and it means, In My Statutes. Leviticus 26, 40-46 And if they shall confess their iniquity and the iniquity of their fathers, in that they trespassed against me, and yes, were hostile to me, when I in turn have been hostile to them and have removed them into the land of their enemies, then at last shall their obdurate heart humble itself, and they shall atone for their iniquity. Then will I remember my covenant with Jacob, I will remember also my covenant with Isaac, and also my covenant with Abraham, and I will remember the land. For the land shall be forsaken of them, making up for its Shabbat years by being desolate of them, while they atone for their iniquity, for the abundant reason that they rejected my rules and spurned my laws. Yet even then, when they are in the land of their enemies, I will not reject them, or spurn them so as to destroy them, annulling my covenant with them. For I, Hashem, am their God. I will remember in their favor the covenant with the ancients, whom I freed from the land of Egypt in the sight of the nations to be their God. I, Hashem. These are the laws, rules, and instructions that Hashem established through Moses on Mount Sinai between himself and B'nai Israel. 
2 Samuel 7, 1-8-18 When the king was settled in his palace, and Hashem had granted him safety from all the enemies around him, the king said to the Navi Natan, Here I am dwelling in a house of cedar, while the ark of Hashem abides in a tent. Nathan said to the king, Go and do whatever you have in mind, for Hashem is with you. But that same night the word of Hashem came to Nathan. Go and say to my servant David, Thus said Hashem, Are you the one to build a house for me to dwell in? From the day that I brought the people of Israel out of Egypt to this day, I have not dwelled in a house, but have moved about in tent and mishkan. As I moved about wherever the Israelites went, did I ever reproach any of the tribal leaders whom I appointed to care for my people Israel? Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Further, say thus to my servant David, Thus said the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture from following the flock to be ruler of my people Israel, and I have been with you wherever you went and have cut down all your enemies before you. Moreover, I will give you great renown like that of the greatest men on earth. I will establish a home for my people Israel, and will plant them firm, so that they shall dwell secure and shall tremble no more. Evil men shall not oppress them any more, as in the past. Ever since I appointed chieftains over my people Israel, I will give you safety from all your enemies. Hashem declares to you that He, Hashem, will establish a house for you. When your days are done and you lie with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you, one of your own issue, and I will establish his kingship. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish his royal throne forever. I will be a father to him, and he shall be a son to me. When he does wrong, I will chastise him with the rod of men and the affliction of mortals, but I will never withdraw my favor from him, as I withdrew it from Shaul, whom I removed, to make room for you. Your house and your kingship shall ever be secure before you. Your throne shall be established forever. Nathan spoke to David in accordance with all these words and all this prophecy. Then King David came and sat before Hashem, and he said, What am I, O Hashem, and what is my family, that you have brought me thus far? Yet even this, O Hashem, has seemed too little to you, for you have spoken of your servant's house also for the future. May that be the law for the people, O Hashem. What more can David say to you? You know your servant, O Hashem. For your word's sake and of your own accord you have wrought this great thing and made it known to your servant. You are great indeed, O Hashem. There is none like you, and there is no other God but you, as we have always heard. And who is like your people Israel, a unique nation on earth, whom Hashem went and redeemed as his people, winning renown for himself and doing great and marvelous deeds for them and for your land, driving out nations and their gods before your people whom you redeemed for yourself from Egypt. You have established your people Israel as your very own people forever, and you, Hashem, have become their God. And now, O Hashem, fulfill your promise to your servant and his house forever, and do as you have promised and may your name be glorified forever. In that men will say, The Lord of hosts is God over Israel, and may the house of your servant David be established before you.
because you, Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, have revealed to your servant that you will build a house for him. Your servant has ventured to offer this prayer to you. And now, O Hashem, you are Hashem, and your words will surely come true, and you have made this gracious promise to your servant. Be pleased, therefore, to bless your servant's house, that it abide before you forever. For you, O Hashem, have spoken. May your servant's house be blessed forever by your blessing. Sometime afterward, David attacked the Philistines and subdued them, and David took Metheg Amma from the Philistines. He also defeated the Moabites. He made them lie down on the ground, and he measured them off with a cord. He measured out two lengths of cord for those who were to be put to death, and one length for those to be spared, and the Moabites became tributary vassals of David. David defeated Hadadezer, son of Rehob, king of Zobah, who was then on his way to restore his monument at the Euphrates River. David captured 1,700 horsemen and 20,000 foot soldiers of his force, and David hamstrung all the chariot horses except for 100 which he retained. And when the Arameans of Damascus came to the aid of King Hadadezer of Zobah, David struck down 22,000 of the Arameans. David stationed garrisons in Aram of Damascus, and the Arameans became tributary vassals of David. Hashem gave David victory wherever he went. David took the gold shields carried by Hadadezer's retinue and brought them to Jerusalem. And from Beta and Berothai, towns of Hadadezer, King David took a vast amount of copper. When King Toy of Hamath heard that David had defeated the entire army of Hadadezer, Toy sent his son Joram to King David to greet him and to congratulate him on his military victory over Hadadezer, for Hadadezer had been at war with Toy. Joram brought with him objects of silver, gold, and copper. King David dedicated these to Hashem, along with other silver and gold that he had dedicated, taken from all the nations he had conquered, from Edom, Moab, and Ammon, from the Philistines and the Amalekites, and from the plunder of Hadadezer, son of Rehob, king of Zobah. David gained fame when he returned from defeating Edom in the Valley of Salt, 18,000 in all. He stationed garrisons in Edom, He stationed garrisons in all of Edom, and all the Edomites became vassals of David. Hashem gave David victory wherever he went. David reigned over all Israel, and David executed true justice among his people. Joab, son of Zeruiah, was commander of the army. Jehoshaphat, son of Achilud, was recorder. Zadok, son of Akitub, and Ahimelech, son of Avyartar, were Kohanim. Sariah was scribe. Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, was commander of the Cherethites and the Pelethites. And David's sons were Kohanim. John 14, 15-31 If you love me, Yeshua, keep my commandments. And I will pray to the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, 
because it sees him not, neither knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Yet a little while in the world sees me no more, but you see me, because I live. You shall also live. At that day you shall know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. Judas said to him, Not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not unto the world? Yeshua answered and said to him, If a man loves me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode with him. He that loves me not keeps not my sayings, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. These things have I spoken to you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, give I to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard how I said to you, I go away and come again to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice, because I said, I go to the Father, for my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it comes to pass, then when it is, to- when it is come to pass, you might believe. Hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world comes and has nothing in me, but that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. Arise, let us go hence. Psalm 119, 33-48 Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I shall keep it to the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep your Torah. Yes, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Make me to go in the path of your commandments, for therein do I delight. Incline my heart to your testimonies, and not to covetousness. Turn away my eyes from beholding vanity, and quicken in me your way. Establish your word unto your servant who is devoted to your fear. Turn away my reproach, which I fear, for your judgments are good. Behold, I have longed after your precepts. Quicken me in your righteousness. Let your mercies come also to me, O Lord, even your salvation according to your word. So shall I have wherewith to answer him that reproaches me, for I trust in your word. And take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for I have hoped in your judgments. So shall I keep your Torah continually for ever and ever, and I will walk at liberty, for I seek your precepts. I will speak of your testimonies also before kings, and will not be ashamed, and I will delight myself in your commandments, which I have loved. My hands also will I lift up unto your commandments, which I have loved, and I will meditate in your statutes. 
Proverbs 15.33 The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. I want to speak to you today from Leviticus chapter 26, and then we're going to jump into 2 Samuel 7 and 8. And these verses, chapter 26, verses 40 to 46, is probably one of my most favorite passages in the whole Bible. It is a cornerstone and a foundation regarding repentance. And it addresses generational sin and generational iniquity. So if you're dealing with a generational pattern of sin in a family bloodline, where perhaps you see addiction going down through the generations, addiction to alcohol or nicotine or drugs, or you see a sin of, say, abuse going on down through the generations, or an iniquity of anger, um, whatever it might be, This is often a demonic stronghold, and it goes down through the generations. And so these verses give us the pattern for how to pray and what to pray to break off these generational iniquities off of a family bloodline. So let's read those verses. And I'm going to read from the New King James. Leviticus 26, starting in verse 40. But if they confess their iniquity and the iniquity of their fathers with their unfaithfulness in which they were unfaithful to me, and that they also have walked contrary to me, and that I also have walked contrary to them and have brought them into the land of their enemies. If their uncircumcised hearts are humbled and they accept their guilt, then I will remember my covenant with Jacob my covenant with Isaac, my covenant with Abraham, I will remember, and I will remember the land. First, let's unpack this word iniquity. So we have sin, transgression, and iniquity. And if you think of a tree, we have leaves, we have the trunk, and then we have the roots. Sin is missing the mark. We can sin and not even know that we're sinning because of our own ignorance. So, for example, before I came into the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith, I ate pork and bacon and ham and shrimp and lobster, and I just didn't know any better. It was an ignorance that I was sinning. I missed the mark. So that's like the leaves of the tree. Transgression becomes a pattern. It's knowing Knowingly and intentionally and purposefully sinning, and you know that it's sin. That becomes the trunk of the tree. And iniquity is like the roots of the tree. And they are deep. And iniquities tend to be demonic and very deeply entrenched and ingrained in the way of a pattern of behavior and also ingrained in a bloodline of a family or a group of people. So, if they confess their iniquity and the iniquity of their fathers, that's looking back at parents, grandparents, looking at a family bloodline, 
with their unfaithfulness in which they were unfaithful to me, and that they also have walked contrary to me. And so what was the consequence for the northern and the southern kingdom? Well, they were evicted out of the land. The southern kingdom went into captivity to Babylon. The northern kingdom went into captivity to Assyria, and they never returned. So God sent them into the land of their enemies. But he's saying here, if our uncircumcised heart is humbled while we are living in the land of our enemies, and we accept our guilt, our punishment, which is exile, then I will remember my covenant with Jacob, with Isaac, and with Abraham. What was the covenant that this is referring to? God made a covenant with Jacob, Isaac, and Abraham, and it was a promise to give them the land of Israel to them and to their descendants. And we are grafted in by faith, Romans 11. We're grafted into the tree called Israel. We are the wild branches. The Jewish people are the natural branches. And so he's saying, I will remember my covenant when you repent and your heart is humbled. The land also shall be left empty by them and will enjoy its Sabbaths while it lies desolate without them. And they will accept their guilt because they despise my judgments and because their soul abhorred my statutes. So this gives you a clue as to why they were evicted and ejected out of the land. Because they turned their back not only on God, but upon his Torah, upon the commandments, the judgments, the statutes. And so what's our entrance ticket back into the land? We need to return to Yahweh, and we need to return to his Torah. And when I say Torah, I mean the whole Word of God, all of it. Genesis to Revelation. All of it. Not just the Old Testament, not just the New Testament. All of it. So, um, I want to come back to verse 39, or verse 40. If they confess their iniquity and the iniquity of their fathers. Now there's another layer or level of meaning here. The iniquity of their church fathers. Our church fathers have committed great sins against the Jewish people. In we when we look at the history of re, of Christian Jewish relations, it is stained with a lot of blood. We have the Inquisition, the Crusades, the pogroms, the Holocaust, um, and a lot of, there's been tremendous persecution against Jews by Christians, by our church forefathers. And so we need to repent of that if we wish to repair the breach Uh, to build that bridge between Jews and Christians. And there's a whole book that you can get that goes into this in great depth. It's called The List, Persecution of Jews by Christians Throughout History. You can get this book by going to a website, and the website is called uh, the number 9-av.com. And then there's another book that goes with it, And it's called 40 Days of Repentance, A Companion Guide to the List. And it's a 40-day devotional 
that unpacks this book, The List. The List is almost like an encyclopedia, and it starts back uh, way back in time with the, the sin of the 10 spies who came back with a negative report that happened on the 9th of Av, and, and that's really when the curse began. Lots and lots of bad things have happened to the Jewish people over the centuries on the 9th of Av. And it started with the 10 spies and them giving a negative report. So this companion guide, the 40 Days of Repentance, companion guide to the list, really takes the list, the book, the list, and unpacks it into a devotional format, a 40-day devotional of repentance to repent of the iniquities of our church forefathers for all the sins that have been done against the Jewish people. It's really a great um, read. And if you go to 9-av.com and then you click on the pick in the navigation menu that says store, you can get both the list and the 40 Days of Repentance companion guide at the store at that website. Okay, let's continue on into 2 Samuel chapter 7. And basically, the Lord is speaking through Nathan the prophet, and he's going to deliver a message now to King David. King David, it's in his heart to build a temple for the Lord. And Nathan is now coming back to him with a message from Yahweh to say, it's not for you to build this house, but your son will build this house. He will be the one to build it. You've been a man of war. You have blood on your hands. It will be your son who will build this house. Let's look at verse 13. He, that is Solomon, shall build a house for my name, and I will establish his royal throne forever. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. King David wants to build the Beit HaMikdash, the temple for Hashem. However, Hashem tells him that his son, not he, will build it. As the king who helps conquer the land of Israel fights Amalek and solidifies the monarchy, King David plays an important part in the process of establishing the Israelites in their land. He is even able to make preparations for the building of the Beit HaMikdash. However, as a warrior, he cannot be the one to build the Holy Temple, which is intended to promote peace and harmony among Israel and all the nations of the world. Additionally, as the service in the Beit HaMikdash brings people closer to God and helps atone for their sins and prolongs life, it cannot be built by a warrior who shortens the lives of others. Therefore, David's rule ends after defeating Amalek, and his son Solomon, a man of peace, becomes God's choice to build one of the world's holiest sites, the Beit HaMikdash, in Jerusalem. Let's look in chapter 8, and in chapter 8 of 2 Samuel, verse 15, it is written, David reigned over all Israel, and David executed true justice among all his people. Now, David is a shadow picture, a type and shadow of Yeshua. And in fact, Yeshua comes from David's lineage. And the Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. King David was an ideal king, not only because of his military prowess and not even because of the beautiful psalms he wrote, but because he ruled the nation with true justice among all his people. The medieval commentator Ralbag, also known as Gersonides, 
notes that the emphasis on true justice indicates that King David does not rule only with pure justice, which always follows the letter of the law. He goes beyond that, practicing righteousness to make sure that everyone gets not only that to which they are legally entitled, but whatever they need. This commitment to the highest level of ethics epitomizes the righteous reign of King David in the eyes of God. I think we're going to conclude there, leave off there, and we will see you tomorrow. Have a blessed day. Shalom. Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs>